10-3 is brought to you by Callaway. Chrome Soft isn't just another tour ball, it's the golf ball that's changing how tour balls are made. When Callaway made a low compression, low spin tour ball, others said they might be onto something and tried doing the same. But they can't, because Chrome Soft is the only ball engineered with a graphene-infused dual soft fast core for serious speed and unbelievable control around the greens. See for yourself why everyone was playing and loving Chrome Soft. Order the ball that changed the ball at callawaygolf.ca. While Australian regulators have banned chiropractors from working on babies, the practice is growing in this country. And with some training to perform spine manipulations on babies limited to 12 hours over two days, some in the Canadian medical community are concerned. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. We look at the justification for the practice, what evidence there is to support it, and what Canadian regulators have to say. The best adjustment you can make right now is subscribing to this very podcast. We're on all the big listening apps, and don't forget to tell your friends about us. Sharon Kirky covers health and medicine for the National Post. So Sharon, chiropractic is seen as a popular treatment for everything from back pain to headaches, but it's not universally seen as a medically sound practice. Why is this health treatment or this health practice so controversial? I think the controversy comes from there's even sort of a divide within the chiropractic community itself. So there are some people who sort of cling to this very um, old and original idea of chiropractic care that was brought into the world back in uh, back in 1895 by a gentleman named Daniel David Palmer, who was an Ontario-born man who was at one time a magnetic healer. And he said his idea for chiropractic care came to him from a spiritual being, the ghost of a dead doctor. And Palmer believed that pressures on the spinal nerves cause all sorts of disease. He, his theory was that when the bones in the spine are bumped out of place, spinal nerves are pinched and it blocks the transmission of what he referred to as an innate intelligence, which was kind of this otherworldly, all-healing life force that flows between the brain and body through the spinal cord and the peripheral nerves. And that causes, that interference causes all sorts of manner of disease. And he called those blockages subluxations. And his theory was that if you crack or thump those, those blockages and you realign the vertebra and that innate intelligence starts to flow again and the body is able to heal itself... So it's a very controversial theory. Um, today's contemporary chiropractors don't believe that that theory, um, but some still do. And those who do tend to really aggressively promote this theory and use it as a way to say, once we fix those blockages or subluxations, we can cure, as you mentioned, all sorts of things from ADHD to, you know, in babies, colic, bedwetting, learning disorders, dyslexia. <laughs> Um, in adults, they've used the subluxation theory to say we can cure you of even things like, you know, cancer in the most extreme cases, um, uh, all sorts of allergies, we can cure your asthma with very almost like no scientific basis to support it. So uh, it's very controversial. There's been a push, you know, within the community, the, the, the field itself to be more evidence-based and get away from this sort of original 
completely unproven idea around um, subluxations or blockages leading to disease. Um, but it's you know very popular. Mm-hmm. Part of the appeal with chiropractors, I think, is that some people often go to them. Um, there, there certainly is evidence to support chiropractic adjustments for uncomplicated lower back and neck pain and headaches. Um, and they do take a very holistic approach, which appeals to a lot of people. Um, some people do get very discouraged with mainstream medicine and, you know, it can be impersonal sometimes and chiropractors do spend a lot of time with their, their patients. So certainly it's popular. It's also becoming more popular, uh, among families with young children. And, and that's a concern, um, about doing spinal adjustments and manipulations on young children, including newborns. Now, what is the concern with, with doing these manipulations on young children? Uh, people, especially newborns, is it that there's not specific training or is it that there's no proof that a newborn would need their spine adjusted or is it that it could cause injury? Like what, what's the, the main driver of some of the concern here? Well, there's a couple of them. It's the way that it's being marketed to parents, first of all. And the people who promote, I wrote a story that talked about how there will be weekend seminars this summer in Toronto and Ottawa offered to chiropractors and students um, on adjusting the spines of newborns and infants and children. And the theory promoted by the leaders of these conferences are that virtually every child, according to them, uh, suffers trauma. Uh, suffers spinal misalignments and these, again, blockages from the trauma of birth, from passing through the birth canal and from the force of the contractions to the use of forceps or other devices to to get the baby out. They say babies, virtually all babies suffer this, um, even if they're delivered via C-section, and that it's of utmost importance that we check the baby as soon as possible after birth, ideally within a few hours after birth, for any of these blockages. Once, Once we find them, you know, we adjust the baby, whether we need to adjust the baby every day or every other day until that adjustment holds. And, you know, parents are led to believe that, oh, my God, if I don't check for these these blockages in my baby's spine or these misaligned or uh, vertebra, all sorts of bad things are going to happen. Um, of course, there's no evidence to support uh, this at all. There, it makes absolutely, you know, skeptics will say it's there's no it, it makes no sense that there's interference with spinal nerve would cause any kind of widespread disease. And there's no plausible scientific evidence to support the subluxation theory. And that the concern is that even though chiropractors will say that they use very gentle um, pressure on newborns, they often use the the analogy of it's kind of like checking a tomato for ripeness. (laughs) Well, okay, if you're using such as, if, you know, that begs the question, well, if it's so subtle, like, how are you doing anything? Um, How could it possibly be having any kind of uh, physiological effect on the child? But the, the greater concern is that, well, what if they use too strong of a force? Mm-hmm. Could that could that harm the baby? Um, and also that so also that the concern is that perhaps if a child is taken to a chiropractor and they have a val- you know there is actually a medical issue happening and that child needs to see a medical doctor, not a chiropractor. You know there could be a delay in that child getting the appropriate and proper care. The other concern is that more chiropractors. Because they know if they 
begin, you know, treating babies young, that, you know, there's a likelihood that that child will stay in their practice and continue on with them. Um, And again, not a lot of evidence that children benefit from chiropractic care. And more of them are kind of referring to themselves as specialists in pediatrics, you know, I'm a, I'm a, which a parent might say, oh, you're a pediatrician. Well, actually, no, <laughs> you know, it's a pediatrician is a medical doctor who has an MD, a, a medical degree, which chiropractors don't. Um, and they also have to go through a very lengthy medical residency program, which chiropractors don't. Um, so it's, it's, it's sort of this concern that they're, they're misrepresenting themselves to, to some extent, some of them, I'm certainly not saying all of them are, but, but a, a significant proportion of them are. And that, you know, it, it might be risky if you're, your parent and your and your sort of your at your wit's end, for example, for something for colic, you know, one of the other things chiropractors will say is that these adjustments will help with colic and bedwetting, and these are all things that children tend to outgrow, almost always outgrow after time. Yeah. So you know, you get a lot of anecdotal reports. So I took my child, my colicky child, you know, the, the pediatrician couldn't do anything. My family doctor, I took took the child to the chiropractor, and like within three or four adjustments, she's sleeping through the night. Um, but again, that's that's anecdotal. It's not evidence based, right? It could be just by pure happenstance. That's when the child started to grow out of the colicky phase. You you were talking about earlier how there's kind of a divide in the chiropractic community where there's uh, some practitioners who still hold to this kind of older idea, the subluxation idea, and others who are trying to move away from it. Is it a case that there's a divide in whether pediatric chiropractics should be practiced or not? Does, is there a divide in the industry over the practice? It's interesting because after my story came out, I, ha- I got two reactions. I did get reactions from chiropractors who were generally uh, critical of the post coverage of, of of their profession, but who did say, "Look, even even the newborn thing makes me uneasy." <laughs> you know, them. Several chiropractors said to me, "I don't do it. I don't. I I, I don't think we should be doing it." Um, and and they were quite critical that their own um, regulatory body, which I contacted for comment, why wasn't didn't come out strongly and say. We don't think this should be done or we need to be very careful. What's interesting is in Australia, chiropractors, their own regulatory body has told them to stop doing spinal adjustments on newborns and young children because there's an independent expert review that's underway in Australia. And that happened after earlier, late last year, these videos of a chiropractor in Melbourne dangling a baby upside down by its heels and then applying pressure on its skull oh and on its neck and the baby and the baby was wailing now it's 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 uh, some chiropractors i've spoken to said you know it didn't sound to them as some pediatricians i spoke with sorry said it didn't sound to them like it was a cry of pain just like a cry of you know a child but still it was also incredibly stupid someone else said to me of this chiropractor to hold this baby by the heels. And he was sort of demonstrating uh, a reflex, uh, apparently demonstrating a, a reflex and checking for this appropriate reflex. These these videos went viral and it caused a huge uproar in Australia. And uh, health authorities there ordered have now ordered this independent 
uh, expert review of whether they should be doing adjustments on babies. And even the regulators themselves acknowledged there is no guidance, there is no evidence to support, you know, doing this. So they're welcoming the review uh, to see if, they can, if there is any evidence base for for manipulating the spines of newborns. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a very controversial area. And there definitely have been cases where, you know, the reported complications are few, but there have been groups like the American Academy of Pediatrics. They've warned that children could be at risk of very rare yet serious complications from spinal manipulations. There was one study done in 2007. It was actually led by researchers at the University of Alberta and they reviewed 13 published studies of uh, spinal adjustments and manipulations in children, and they found 14 injuries to children who'd received chiropractic treatments. And nine of them were serious, and two of them were fatal. Uh, one child died from a brain hemorrhage, and the other from a su- suspected neck fracture. So it's, it's certainly not without risk. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the the regulatory body or or professional association in Canada had to say about the practice of of doing chiropractics on small children? What the response I got was in Ontario, as in you know, chiropractors are regulated in Ontario and, and many other provinces, was that it's within their scope of practice as as governed by the legislation. Uh, and basically, the response I got was. They can do this, um, and if anybody has any concerns that uh, a child has been harmed, you know, please make a complaint to the college. So, where do these uh, chiropractors learn to do chiropractics on kids? Is it part of like post-secondary study or the the job training that they go through, or do they have to get supplementary training? Uh, on their own. Well, I asked that question as well. I said, how many hours do they have to spend specifically in pediatrics? And that was never answered. Um, again, I was just told very, you know, in vague terms that it's part of their study. You know, they do go to usually after four years of uh, a science uh, science degree, uh, basic science degree, they go to chiropractic college for four years. So no one could tell me exactly how many hours they spend, who they're spending it with. You know, are they with another chiropractor? Or are they actually with a pediatrician? The concern was with the story that I wrote, there are these weekend courses that are 12 hours long, and they're called continuing medical education courses, teaching chiropractors the essentials or introductions to adjusting newborns. So the question is, well, is 12 hours or a weekend course, sufficient time for them to then go out and start doing this. And, you know, that's arguable. Other people (laughs) will say, you know, critics critics will say it doesn't matter whether it's 12 hours or four hours, they shouldn't be doing it, period. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not, it's, it's, just a concern that, that perhaps this is, this is something that should not be within their scope of practice. Now, one last question on the idea of chiropractics in general, specifically some of the people who hold to the original ideals of the practice and blockages and subluxations. Medical practice in general has changed dramatically in the last 150 years. Why is it that some professionals are still holding to these fairly old and potentially outdated medical ideas? It's interesting um, because certainly my sense and the sense of other people is that the younger chiropractors are, are not holding to those old theories and it's becoming much more of a focus on on evidence base. But it might speak to, of those who do hold it, um, you know, it might speak to sort of this mistrust 
of the medical profession, the mainstream medicine. You know, a lot of these chiropractors, certainly this or this these weekend courses are being organized by a group in the States that actually promotes anti-vaccination and misinformation. For example, they've claimed that the mercury in vaccines causes autism, which mm-hmm. has been disproven. And some chiropractors who promote the subluxation theory, if you go onto their websites or their Facebook pages, you'll often see, you know, I was just on one yesterday morning and it was, you know, this chiropractor was promoting a documentary that said, you know, the conspiracy to keep you sick. And it was all about how modern medicine and modern doctors are conspiring to keep us sick. And there's very much, a, you know, an anti-big pharma messaging around some of their their Facebook and social media sites. And I'm constantly, anytime I write about chiropractors and those promoting subluxation, I'm accused of being in the back pocket of big pharma. Um, so it, it sort of feeds into these conspiracies. And, and so again, that's the concern that if you do have a significant or a large enough proportion of people within the chiropractic community that believe these views and promote them and disparage mainstream medicine, again, you know, you you might be drawing people away from getting legitimate medical care when they need it. Well, it definitely is fascinating ongoing argument, especially with ties to uh, anti-medicine skepticism that is out there. Uh, Sharon, thanks very much for your time. Okay, my pleasure, Dave. Like what you heard today? Get more of the National Post's award-winning journalism complimentary for 30 days at nationalpost.com slash podcast. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Production assistance this episode from Stuart Thompson. Special thanks to my guest Sharon Kirkey. More from her at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.